Hello and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. Um, I'm still joined by Joey from This Is Not A Test. But you, no, that's the name of the game. What's the company, Joey? Is it World's End Publishing? World's End Publishing. Yes, and that's worldendpublishing.com. And there is a Facebook group as well. See, there's my that's my slickness bit. There. Yes, there's, there's, This Is Not A Test has its own Facebook page, which I update regularly because it's very simple. And there's also the official This Is Not A Test um, page where on my other on my normal Facebook page, I don't mind people talking about miniatures and other things, but you know, the official this is not a test is straight this is not a test. That's all we talk about is the rules and miniatures for it. So I welcome people to come join the community. Yeah, and you gave a nice plug to this show as well, which I, I was very very I'm, grateful for. Absolutely. <laughs> so I rudely cut you off at the end of last episode. <laughs> not at all. Um because because we were starting to talk about house rules and them not ha- having the weight that enough you know that stamp of officialdom that gamers for some reason just love to have and i'm sure it, i mean, i actually think that it must be it must be hard for you as a a small games designer who's putting this out into the world that people still come to you and go what's the official stance on so and so well, um, I, I will tell you, so my idea, to address, so I, I had a, a gentleman who was very nice. He's like, well, what if he did it this way? And I said, that's good, but this is why I didn't do it this way. He's like, okay, fair enough. But what I told him I would do, and oh, we're still kind of working on... Sorry, the- sorry, Joey, that's my um, outside phone. I'll be back in a minute. Sure, sure, take your time. And I'm back after having to take a phone call. So... <laughs> Joey, where were we? Uh, Alternate house rules. That's right. So, what I'm what I what, what I what I'm telling people with this is, if you have an idea for the game, please send it to me. Um, there uh, there is plenty of ways to. There's more than one way to, to skin a skin a mutant rat, and I people have actually had some good ideas that I'm like, huh. In fact, one gentleman. Um, Matthew Karen or Karen, I if if I get your name wrong, Matt, I'm sorry. He sent me a pretty in-depth rules for just a crazy amount of weapons. He he is a gun enthusiast, as in America, as we are, and he has like just a. Apparently, he has an armory in his house, and he wanted ah. all the guns that were in that armory. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to throw it on my website. So basically, if people, I'm going to have an alternative way of of doing things website, part of my website. Okay. And I'm just going to put it up there. I'm going to give, and I'm just going to give people the option to say this has officially been vetted by me as a perfectly acceptable alternative way of doing something. And I'm going to give my take on it a little bit, and then just you know, like for instance, different ways of doing relics, how to acquire them, or you know, playing the game. The game has fumbles and criticals. Some people don't like them, right? And that that's an idea. Like, don't here here instead of doing that. Here's how to play the game without using them, but how to take care of concepts in the game built around them, like you know your weapons jamming that kind of or your relics breaking that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's my idea: is that there will be a one-stop shop to go to see how you can play T. Excuse me, how you can play TNT differently, and you know people pull it from my website. And I think it gives it that veneer of a veneer of officialdom that will make people just happy enough. So that's yes. kind of my idea to address that issue. Oh, cool. I mean, it's not you know, is it, 
I, you know, and I'll make it, it'll be up there and people can, you know, everyone's name will be attached to it. So it's kind of like, cool. I, you know, I'm, you know, I really want people to feel like they're contributing to this is not a test. And, you know, in the next edition of the game or maybe in a future book, I might pull their stuff in. Yeah. Okay. So that leads us nicely. Where are you going to go with it? What's, what's your plans? Um, I am very a very um, seed-of-your-pants kind of businessman. Uh, I got into this because I enjoy doing it. I love it, and I just want to, I want to put miniatures and rules into people's hands that I want in my hands. So, you know, the, like the Peacekeepers, I wanted Wasteland Rangers. Those are like the miniatures that I – those are my first miniatures that I got out and because no one really made a very, you know, you can buy cowboys and you can buy, you know, there's in small numbers, you can kind of pick and choose from other ranges. But there wasn't a, there wasn't a, a collective number of ranger models. And that's like, I, I've come up, you can go buy peacekeepers, which have done pretty well for us. People, you know, there's these guys and campaign or Montero hats as they're called, you know dusters or light armor with assault weapons and shotguns yeah so you know and i you know and so the future is i'm just adding to that you know so you know we can kind of go into my miniature range which you know you also want to talk about critters yeah so you know critters are an important element to this is not a test the book has 30 of them I called 20 more to make make space, and they're all going in. Everything from rad roaches to giant snapping turtles to even a rad zombie. You know, and they play, in a, they're, they're an important part of the game. You roll in encounters. They show up. And my hope is to do a model, if not for every critter in the game, I want to do a model for every critter in the game that doesn't have its own model. Like, there's um, there's zombies and, the, you yep. know, the rad zombie. I will probably never produce a rad zombie because you can go off the shelf and buy 30 different manufacturers of zombies. Yeah. The same thing's true for wolves. And I do my own rats only because I fell in love with Necromunda rats back in the day and I wanted my own set. Yeah. And you can't buy them anymore. And no one, there's no market, you know, rats with two tails or two heads or six legs. So I had clearly, I had to do my own set and they've been very popular as well. So I just, my idea is, I want to do my end goal. I can almost say that I would die a happy man if I got miniatures out for all six warbands and every critter in the game. That that is where my end goal is. So right now, I have a rad roach, which is inspired heavily by the Fallout one, so it's a little taller. And I, I know people can go buy, you know, what you call pound stores over in England or dollar stores over here. You yeah. can go buy a, pa- a bag of plastic roaches for cheap. But, you know, I think people like miniature models. And so I, I wanted a, you know, a real gribbly one. And I also have a psychic husk, which is this psyker that's brain fried. And now he's just randomly floating around the wasteland, shooting off his psychic powers at random people. Um, I actually got my little sheet here. Where did I put you? Oh, a cheat sheet. Yeah, well, I have this fancy sales sheet that Dave for me, and I got it laminated. There's the Razor Rattler, which is, a, you know, just a big snake with spiky tail. There's my mutant rats. And then I have my five peacekeepers, 
which you know there's the line there's just the guy with the riot shield and there's the road marshal with either the gas mask and he's inspired by the ranger on the cover of fallout 3 yeah you know and and then and then one of my most favorite miniatures and so i've hired a number of sculptors the peacekeepers are going well because they're sculpted by a guy named ernst weingart right who you might have seen he does a lot of work for crooked dice yes and he is such a brilliant sculptor. I wish yeah. I could give him nothing. I, he, you know, he is so great, but he is so busy. Yeah, he's he's very good. And um, I also did uh, Peter Bartholdy, who is from Denmark. He did the Roach, the Rattler, and he's starting out, and he's really good too. And then the the uh, rats were done by um, Federico Genovese, one of the two Genovese brothers, who does a lot of work. And then the de- I have I had to have a robot. I have my classic Dependo bot, which was done by um, Sean Bulo or Harrison. I don't know. He goes by both on certain places, so I think it's Sean Bulo. And then I have my mutants, which were sculpted by like um, they were old Demon Blade miniatures, right? From back in the day, that meant you know. And then I bought the rights to those, and, th- and those are done by I think like Kev Adams. Yeah, um, some famous sculptors from the '90s. I don't remember. Yeah, there's some Bobby there. Jackson stuff in there as well. Yeah, 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 and those are just wonderful. Those sculpts have not gone out of style. No. So that's my immediate miniature range, and where I want to go in the future is, I have mutants being worked on right now. So my goal, my immediate goal, is more critters and two war bands. Right. The two war bands will be more peacekeepers. I want to get the, the peacekeepers. I have Ernst Weingart has on his sculpting table right now five more. There's um, variants of the two officers. There's variants of all. Of, um, there's two more officers coming. Variants. There's a. Ver- there's another line breaker. He's also doing a tactical, which is the support guys carrying the heavy. He's doing a female peacekeeper with a grenade launcher. And he's also doing um, a set for. There's a canine handler. Right. So he's doing a set of arms where he's got a guy with a heavy shotgun and a dog bone in the other hand. Right. So that'll give you, you know, and then there's also mutants being done right now by uh, Nicholas Genovese, one of the other brothers. Yeah. And five mutants, um, different heads, crazy amount of arms. And I'm also, so my, and I also got two, um, there's seven of those total. It's not five, seven. I bought some more off of them. Those are coming down the pipeline. And I've also got more critters. So I've got like a giant, well, I've got a giant mosquito and a giant crab. Oh, cool. And I've got a couple other things. Those are, are being sculpted by a gentleman by the name of uh, George Fairlamb. Right. Which he, he's just starting out, but, I mean, his sculpt, for someone that started out, he's amazing. Right. He takes his time, so, you know, <laughs> don't rush him. Yeah. <laughs> but that, so, you know, sorry. No, you know, go ahead. So the idea is, so my idea I've been toying around with is to, you know, I wanted to prove that I could launch a game without Kickstarter. Yeah. But, so Kickstarter actually does two things to really help a miniature company. One, it really does give us the upfront finance. You know, people do say, I really dig what you're doing. Here's some of my hard-earned cash. Make cool stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's an investment in my product. And I wanted to prove that I could give you, I don't want to not deliver. 
that is the worst thing that I could ever do. You know, that is uh, this that frightens me to no end. And I wanted to say, I'm a good bet. You don't have to worry about that. So Kickstarter also does name. It's almost at this point, it's also used for branding and recognition. If you want to launch a product, you need to do almost at this point, you kind of need to do a Kickstarter just because, you know, it gets your name out there. People respond to it. People naturally get excited about Kickstarter. There's a little bit of a thrill element to it. They share it. So I, I'm seriously considering doing kind of like just doing a Kickstarter, just a small one. I'm not going to do the ten, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar range. I have no no intent of taking us making Kickstarter my secondary job, which at that level it becomes of just like here here you know the you know I I, I do everything up front. Everything comes out of my own pocket. So there's a kind of a natural stretch on how far. I can upfront pay for things. So, you know, molding, especially when you want to bring like 10 to 12 miniatures to market. That's a, if people don't understand how expensive getting these things to market is, it's like $500 a miniature. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that... really like people, you know, complain that, you know, pricing and all that good stuff. It really takes a lot of work and a lot of capital to bring a little metal dude to market. Yeah. And without the backing of major investors, we're kind of like we have to rely on the community. And you know, you you prove the community that you first of all you have to have something fun. You have to prove something you have to have something that people get enthusiastic about. And then then you gotta say, here I have I, I've hopefully you can see my track record. Here I've got a cool idea. Would you be willing to help me go along this adventure? And that's kind of where my thought process is. I would really love to do a Kickstarter to really help me get the mutants out there. Fully playable, you know, 8 to 12 miniature warband, um, lots of extra heads, weapons, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm thinking maybe in like the late summer, early fall, to do a very small 1500 to $3,000 Kickstarter to really kind of like, you know, help get TNT's name out there a little bit more. And also, you know, really help help people... You know, they, they're like, oh, I love TNT. You know, what what kind of miniatures can I play? Well, you know, it's really, yeah, you can pull anything off the shelf, but, the, the, you know, off their own stuff. But they're like, here is also some TNT warbands. They can get excited about it. You know, so that's kind of like my thought. Right. So that's kind of the future. Oh, you didn't say the thing that I was hoping you were going to say. What's that? A printed rule book. So... <laughs> <laughs> I when I when we published on May second, I said I would have that book out within a week, and boy do I eat those words. <laughs> so let me tell you the secrets of printing. It is fighting a dragon. So oh, the, yeah, the no. book is 172 pages. It is 442 megabytes, kilobytes. It's Thank huge. That art and that that collar pictures comes at a price, and I. I am playing around with various options. There will be absolutely be a printed rulebook. I want the printed rulebook before the Kickstarter because people are saying I want a printed rulebook and I do not want to make people unhappy. So I could I thought about tying the printed rulebook to the Kickstarter, but that's kind of far off in the future. I don't want people to wait months. So right now I'm looking at print on demand options through War Games Vault. Right. I'm also talking to a publisher in Buffalo. Well, that'll be yeah, a, my follow up call. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, pause the. 
Right, there's another phone call out of the way. <laughs> Saturday, why are people calling me on a Saturday? <sighs> right, so printed rule book, Joey. Where is it? Where's my printed, printed rule book? So, I am all, so I was looking at print on demand through War Games Vault, and they're currently reviewing my copy, and I might be able to publish it that way. I'm also looking at buying, getting a publisher. Now, right. the trick with printed rule books is. You have perfect binding, you have hardcover, you have spiral bound, and I, I did a, I did a quick poll, and people were all over the place of what they wanted. Yes, yeah, I was one of the ones who voted for hardcover, because I like hardcover. And I'm, I'm, I'm in your camp. I, you know, to me, TNT won't be official until I hold that hardcover book in my hand. That's my... <laughs> They're expensive, though, to get Yeah, done. I mean, I'm honestly looking at a price point that, you know, the, the, the you know, I'm not a big company. I can't, I'm not printing in China. Yeah. I, I look at the bolt action rule book and I go, how the heck are you selling this for $35? Yeah, no, no, I mean, we regular listeners to the show will know that we had um, Carl Brown on. He he writes um, a rule set called Open Combat, okay, um, which is a skirmish. And he ran a he ran a Kickstarter to get a printed rule book out. And he's got years and years of experience in that whole publishing yeah. thing. And had he had his all his numbers worked out and did the, he did his Kickstarter and. He's, his rule book is much, much smaller than yours. I think it's 68 pages. Um, and it's still going to retail for £20, I think, because that's just what it costs. So that's what? Yeah, that's, 35, mean, that's $35. That's $35. And it's a third of the size, it's a third of the size of yours. I, I'm looking at probably between 40 and 50 US. Yep. And probably on the higher end. So yeah, yeah. I just. Just the cost, and then that's kind of the challenge of running, you know, publishing. You know, is I don't have twenty thousand dollars to buy inventory. <laughs> no, no, no. And that, that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, and plus, you have to maintain suppose, that inventory, which means yeah, the government charges you tax on that. So, you know, if I buy books, I think I'm going to try. I'm going to buy a small number. You know, I'm hoping that within two weeks, I should have a better answer on where the printed rule book is. Um, I kind of have a lot of things up in the air, so I can't give you a date. Right. But I'm hoping, realistically, either Wargames Vault comes back with an answer because they're still approving it. You send your product off to them. They You order. There's a lot of, like, you know, you, you have your PDF ready to go. It's, you know, you got to do stuff to it to make it printable. And then you got to send it to the printers, and then they do a proof. They send it, which got to be approved. That'll run through their software. Then you got to request a proof. They print a single copy, and you look at it, and then you got to go back and forth. So it is going to be a little bit of back and forth, and you know, so that's kind of where we are with it, right? You know, time frame. I'd like to think a month, but I, I really can't. I know there's people holding. Excuse me. There's people like I will buy it when the book is out, and I will tell people that. Unless you were dead set and you hate PDFs, go ahead and buy the PDF. And then when the book comes out, I'll, for those early adopters who buy the PDF, there will be a discount. So I will be selling a copy of there. There will you know I will be selling a copy of the book and PDF together in a combo deal. And the cost of the book, if someone buys a PDF before the book comes out, the 
the cost will be the same. So if you buy the PDF, I will give you the equivalent discount on the book to make those prices match. So if people are just kind of waiting for that kind of thing, then please feel free to go ahead and buy. Cool. See, you can't do, you can't do you can't do better than that to your customer base, really. <laughs> and you can sign me up for a you can sign me up for a book because I I'm one of those old school games. I like PDFs because you know I like well they're great on your tablet. I can go down the I can go down the club. Yep. I can say, "Have you seen this rule set?" And people go, "What?" And I go, "Here, it's on. It's on my tablet." But for playing games, no, absolutely, you need. I like to have a rule book in my hand. Yeah, I'm just old school like that. And, I just like I'm to have that, that book. I'm absolutely with you on that. Cool. And any more, you know, plans for expansions? I mean, you've sort of touched on the fact that you think that you'll do a second book. Oh, I will, at this point, I will absolutely guarantee a second point. I always get questions on, you know, what about robot war bands or what about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, give me time. But So I, I called a lot of things from the book. Right. And I want to, first yeah. of all, that's all going back in the second. So the second book is, I, I, so I headquartered my rule set in Maryland and the right. East coast, because that's where I was born. It's where I was raised. I know the area. I can kind of give you yeah. a fun description and I'm going to kind of keep that. You know, people play wherever you want. Please send me your tales of Pittsburgh or Bristol or wherever you are. You know, the post, wherever the post pocket happens for you, that is absolutely cool. Please tell me about it. I'm actually very interested. But I'm going to start exploring the outside area. So the next book will be the Tri-State Wasteland book. So there will be specific locations. There will be two new warbands. Um, the first warband will be the Settlers, which no one's actually actually called me on that, that they're not actually in the book. You know, the people living behind the stockades. Right. You know, they're, you know they actually kind of they, – they, I had to pull those. They're going in, and I'm still deciding – on what the third, or then what the second war, the second war band will be. It, it will either be robots or vault dwellers, or as I call them, the book shelter dwellers. You know, kind of like the mix of preservers and settlers, where they have still, you know, advanced technology, but the, you know, they kind of, you know, yep. like so. You know, how far do they devolve? And then there's also what I'm really looking forward to is called legends of either wasteland legends or legends of the wastes. Right. These are your dramatis personae. These are um, Lem Hagnus, um, not Johnny Atomic. He's not actually a playable character. Um, Black-eyed Susan. There's a... So the guys that you've got... in the For people who haven't read the rules, there's a, there are yeah. quotes throughout the rule book. Well, some of them are. From these, like, from these like people. Like the Peacekeeper guy will be, you have his own rules. And these are just fun character concepts where... They are expensive. You, they are expensive point wise, and they're expensive upkeep wise, and you only keep them for a few games. But they, they really, they can change. Like you know, there's a very powerful mutant beauty queen that is like Marilyn Monroe mixed with tentacles, right? And she's going to be in there, and there's just they just bring a whole other element to the game. You know, so like, say if you've got a 500 point warband fighting a 400 warband, you can take one of these to balance it. One of my favorite options is you can literally play a Fallout character. There's the legendary Wanderer, and he represents the fact that the fluff form is no one can agree what he looks like, or she, or she, or what he's equipped with. Because every time you play Fallout, you can always change your characters. 
and what they're armed with. So he, so you buy him at like a hundred points, and he comes with a hundred and fifty points worth of gear, and you can choose whatever you want. So you can just make this badass character, and he'll fight with you for one game, and then he's gone because that's it. He doesn't stay; he comes and goes. And I'm really looking forward to adding that kind of fun element of these, you know, legends, and they kind of come and, and just have fun with it. And there's also going to be rules for, like, healing, visiting the doctors, like I said previously in the last episode, um, warband experience, and just fun stuff like that. And over the, um, and you know, I've got a couple books planned out. I'm going to do um, West Virginia, so the Wild Highlands. You'll see um, that will have a plant mutation. Is that where the mountain men are going to be? Yes. <laughs> well, well there's so, what you want. Get in the pot. They're... they're there's some secrets hidden in the world, and West Virginia is overrun by mutant plants. And I'm not going to tell you why, but there's a very good reason why that is. And so there will be a, there, there will be a plant mutation. There will be just as many, like when I do robots, robots will be like the mutant warband. Well, there will be 30 different um, upgrades you can take for them. So everything from tracks, extendable arms, you know, cannons on their shoulders, all kinds of fun stuff. Plant mutations will be the same thing. Oh, very cool. And I also want to do Gamma World Mutants, where, you know, mutant bears. So you can buy all, almost off-the-shelf mutations, where, you know, you buy a mutant bear, and he has he comes with a big mutation, and he's got, like, claws. So you do, at that point, they're no longer random mutations that you get. You're buying them, so you can have your rabbits and your turtle guys, whatever. you Or, like, Reaper. And there's a Kickstarter, I believe, for, like, some really cool mutants that were just, like, giant chickens with machine guns. I really want people to like to play with those, so there'll be like that 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 you know stabilized mutation war band too. So I've got all kinds of crazy ideas, but it's just a matter of time, money, and you know how everything is. But that, that's kind of where I'm going. Cool. And then I also and, want to do pirates um, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got that part. Um, last thing. Yes. Uh, vehicles. Ah, I get that question. I tell people so I tell people this is not a test will never be a vehicular combat game where okay. the war bands start on vehicle you know where you can just buy vehicles. Yeah. There are plenty of games that do that well. However, there will be vehicles. The trick is how like it's like how do you put like it's how do you put vehicles in a necromunda without unbalancing the game? You're playing on a 4x4 four four board. A normal vehicle can be off the board. The first turn should be off the board moving normally. Yeah. So I'm looking at doing rules where the vehicles are almost like Gorka Morka a little bit. Where th- right. there's support. Your warband is still the main focus. But you can buy transports or maybe you can buy, you know, a war wagon a little bit. So, you know, but it, it'll never be... And the the game balance is so important to me. Yeah. But I absolutely want people to be able to take, you know, not maybe not like Fury Road car chase the entire game. But, you know, I can buy this cool vehicle and I can put it in the game and I can ram things. I absolutely want to do that. You gotta be. You gotta be able to have. I gotta have my hogs. I need my hogs for my biking game. That mounts. And, and bikes might show up before the vehicle rolls because they're relatively easy to do. Yeah. Where, you know, especially mounts, you just make it a combined stat line, increase movement, and then you add upkeep costs. And, you know, you got to play with it a little bit. But absolutely want to do bikes and horses because those 
are a perfect post-apocalyptic trope. They don't unbalance things too much. So, but getting shoehorning, I don't want to shoehorn vehicles. I want to make, you know, very simple rule set where they don't complicate it. I don't want car wars or anything like that where you spend half the game with turn templates and all that fun stuff. So just getting it right the first time. But I'm hoping, hopefully within the second or third book, I might even try to get it into the second book. But we'll see how we go. No, no promises yet, but I'm definitely <laughs> top of the list to get done. Smart. Well, I think that sort of brings us to the end. Wow. Um, thank you so much. No, th- this has been an outright pleasure for me. This is my first I'm... media interview. I'm excited. Oh, look at that. Well, I don't know if, I don't know if Fool's Daily counts as media. Uh, are we... <laughs> <laughs> A few people. There are a few people who listen, though. So. Hey, we all we the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. That's true. So That's we. True. So, so thank you. As I say, thanks for coming on. This has been really, really good. Now I'm going to have to go and beat my gaming group around the head and say, no, today we are playing this post-apocalyptic Absolutely. Set. Um. And come on again when you when if you do decide to do the when you decide to do the Kickstarter and stuff, make sure you come on again and we'll. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Just hit me up. I'll come back anytime. This was fun. I I love talking about things I love. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So, for the last time for the moment, well, not for me, because you'll hear me again tomorrow, almost certainly, but for Joey, it's I've been Mike. I've been Joey from World's End Publishing. (laughs) Bye-bye. Ha! You thought we got rid of us, but no. Joey forgot that he had to plug something. And we're all about the plugs on this show. So, Joey, what's your plug? I absolutely just wanted to tell everybody that the June issue of War Games Illustrated is all about the post-apocalypse. Um, not only is there a great article by Richard Chappell where he discusses kind of the history of the genre, he also gives you a rules rundown of all the major rule sets. I would also like to plug it because yours truly has an article in there. There are two scenarios for this is not a test official scenarios in there. So if you go pick it up, there's a total of seven scenarios. There's a total that'll add to what you can play. And it's also got more pictures of my miniatures. Um, and so it's this really great issue. I just recommend people go pick it up and that's the plug. See, there you go. So <laughs> that that really was the last time you'll hear from Joey for today. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right. Fools Daily is proud to be helping out with WAC 2015, a great charity drive in support of Macmillan nurses. Check out the Just Giving page at www.justgiving.com/wac2015 or search for WAC on Twitter. <laughs>